Hi, Pastor Greg here. I am the pastor of the Jordan Assembly of God Church in Montana. You are listening to the live Sunday service that streams most Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time. If you would like to listen to past broadcasts, you can find us at www.agjordanmt.com. You can find links for our live broadcast as well as links to past broadcasts. Look for Jordan Assembly of God Church on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, or Spotify. Or if you like to watch the service, you can follow the video links and subscribe to be notified when we go live. We are doing a series on both letters written to the Christians in Thessalonica called Thessalonians. So without further introduction, Thessalonians. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Oh man, how's everybody this morning? Work, working through the day, that's it? Yeah? Alright, so we are in uh, part two of First Thessalonians, titled Be Empowered. And so let's, get, let's uh, pray and then we'll get started. Father, I want to thank you for this day and I want to thank you for this time. I pray, Father, that you be glorified in our hearts and our minds. And I pray, Father, that we may just honor you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So last Sunday, if we'll go to the slide here, and last Sunday we went in through God preparing you. Uh, and he does that by learning how to show grace to others, how to show love to others. And that leads into being filled with the knowledge of God's desire or his will with all wisdom and understanding. And remember, that's kind of what we were studying in Colossians. And we'd gone back in time, but this is a lot of the, the foundation for it. And we're just going to pause that right there. Um, I did want to make a little side note, a little addition to that, and basically saying that God does not prepare us for the consequences of sin. Okay, He will walk us through it. He will strengthen us if we are willing to submit to him. He will walk us through that and he will make something out of that. But because he can, he can still take anything that you've broken, anything that you have shattered, if you're willing to come to God and submit to him, but there's that little requirement of submitting to God to allow your life to actually be rebuilt, to be remade, to be healed. So, so um, when it comes to those things, uh, he doesn't. He doesn't prepare you for that, but he will walk you through. He prepares you in the within the realm of submission to him. He prepares you for those things. He will actually do that. So I just wanted to make that little side note. First uh, Thessalonians. I'm going to be reading verse five. And says this: For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. Father, as we go through this time, as we worship you, as we send our submit our prayer requests to you, Father, I pray, Father, that our hearts and minds will be dedicated to you. In your name, I pray. Amen. We are going through the book of First Thessalonians. Last week, we had an introduction to it. 
where we describe the journey that Paul took in order to go to Thessalonica, and then from there um, to finding himself in in Corinth and uh, the letter that he wrote to the Thessalonians while he was in Corinth, and that's basically what we are reading right now. So in verses uh, 1 through 4 of 1 Thessalonians, Paul, Savanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm in 1 Thessalonians, by the way, chapter 1. I'm finishing up verse 1. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing, there's that word that I will never forget, without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. So what we have here is we have the basic signature of most of Paul's letters right here, basically indicating the fact that Paul was the writer of this and the author of the, of the letter. But one of the things that I want to highlight is, is verse 3 in this, because Paul indicates some very specific things. And he highlights their faith, their love, their patience, and their hope is the things that in verse 3 that, they, that he really highlights. He brings that out. And I'm just going to pause and leave that up there. But that fruit is the evidence of a character of a person that's following after God. It is the evidence of somebody that is, is pursuing God. It is something that you're going to find not in just in part, but you're going to find it in whole because it is the whole of a person's life as they're following after God. This is something that is being developed. And you're like, well, I don't have that. I understand that. But here's the thing. The more you walk after God, the more God's character is developed in you. And basically what he's saying is, is that your faith, your love, your patience, and your hope is in evidence. I want to, And hope is actually something I want to bring up. Um, have you ever found where there is no hope that it thrives in darkness and half-truths? And I'll say that again. Have you ever found that where there is no hope that it, survive, that it thrives in darkness and half-truths? Like, you have to focus on only the bad that is going on. You have to make sure that you're focusing on the things that are going wrong. So are the things that are happening to you true? They very well could be true. But the thing about it is, is that you have to focus on the bad part in order to be able to have it thrive, whereas hope comes alive in truth, in full truth. Because the truth of the matter is, is that Jesus Christ is the truth. I'm not looking for the truth in the situation, because the truth of the matter is the situation is probably pretty dark depending on where you're at in your life. Or you have been through the dark times. And the truth of the matter is, yeah, that's dark. But the truth of the matter is, is that you don't have to be in darkness because you have the light that is in, in you when you have Jesus Christ in your heart. So no matter what situation you are, you are the light. It's not based on what you're going through. It's based on who you are. 
turns out to know truth is to know Jesus, and to know Jesus is to know God, and to know God is to love him, that you might live. It's like, well, great, you did that last series. This is a new series. Yeah, it's a new series, but turns out the same God that's the same yesterday, today, and forever is the same thing. And he's been pointing to his son since the beginning of creation. So, are you willing to be truthful with yourself about who you are, what's really going on, facing that with God and trust him with the situation. Yeah, he does not prepare us for to do sin, but he does heal us. He does heal us. That is complete healing. God doesn't stop it just a little bit. You're like, God, you can't make a mess out of this. You're talking to a person. You're talking to a person where my wife and I have walked through life. And I'm going to just be very, very honest with you right now. The very first several years of our marriage was not fun. It was not great. Did a whole lot in order to blow that thing up. Did a whole lot to make it, to mess up everything. Did a whole lot to concentrate on, turns out, the bad. This past wedding anniversary was our 25 years of, of marriage. We went to a marriage conference, and the marriage conference labeled out 10 things that were death to a marriage. Any one of these things was death to a marriage. We labeled out nine Yeah, we, we were doing a really great job of doing everything that we could to blow up that marriage. 25 years. Several kids, a couple grandkids later, just saying. God can't repair. Yes, he can. God can't bring anything out of this mess that I've made. Yeah, he can't. What does it take? What does it take to submit and allow and to allow you? You got to be honest. You got to be truthful. You got to be willing to say, yep, this is where I was wrong. But you go to God and you say, this is where it is. You can't deal with the other person. That's one thing. If you're in a relationship where that is happening or whatever, you can't fix them. Okay, I'm just going to tell you right now, you can't fix them, but you can do what you can need to do. You don't have to collect the arrows. You don't have to collect the weapons of warfare. You do not have to collect that. When warfare is being brought to you, you have the shield of faith. What's the sword of the spirit? The sword of the spirit is not to injure the other person. It is to cut down right straight through to the heart of the matter, right to the very marrow of what's going on. That's a little side note. I think there's a friend of mine that posted a little thing about being down so many rabbit holes that, that I've, I've lost uh, all sense of where I'm at. But <laughs> So Paul goes into his introduction into Thessalonica. Now, as we're going through this, when you or someone you know 
is writing something about a situation or event that you went through, you're going to write something that is very detailed about that event. You're going to talk about that event, right? Um, and so if you're writing it down for somebody else who was not in that time, you're going you're gonna to pick out those things that are so very important to you in that event. For instance, if I was to tell you or write you a letter about my trip to the... Um, the airplane museum over in Oregon, I'm not going to talk to you necessarily about the traffic. I'm not going to focus on the amount of vehicles that I had to pass in order to get there or the fact that I got cut off or the fact that, I, that you know these things happened and I had to take a deep breath and I got really frustrated. No, because that's about the traffic. If I was writing, writing to you about the road, that'd be different. Instead, I might actually tell you about the time when we actually saw the spruce goose. And I might go into detail in the fact that the spruce goose really doesn't have that much spruce in it. That, by the way, is a fact. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you what is very, very important. You're saying, Greg, that's great. That's wonderful. I'm glad you had a nice trip. What does this have to do with this? Because the description of the trip into Thessalonica in the book of Acts talks about the event. So if you will be willing with me, keep your hand in Thessalonians, and you go back into, the, into Acts, and we're looking at Acts chapter 17, and now I'm not going to go through this. We went through this last week. I'm not going to go through all of it, but this is the, this is the thing that I want to highlight in verses 2 and 3. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for Three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, this Jesus who I may preach to you is the Christ. This is what happened. No matter what may or may not have transpired, you know, whether it be you know, like events or healings or whatever was going on, that was not described. What was described, if we go into the next, is that he went through the scriptures. And in the scriptures, he revealed Christ and the need for his suffering and his resurrection. And then he said, this Jesus, he is the Christ. And we're going to pause right there. That was what was revealed in the event. That was the described portion. And so when we go back into Thessalonians, and when Paul wrote 1 Thessalonians, he was in Corinth. He was roughly there for a year and a half. And Timothy, who we'll find out later in the letter, we, we haven't gotten there yet, but we will find out later in the letter that Timothy actually went back to Thessalonica while they were in Athens traveling to Corinth. And he went back, and he is now back in there. And we learn in this letter, and like I said, we'll get there, that Paul is very much aware of everything. He's at least within a month of understanding the current status of what is happening and going on in Thessalonica at that time. So Paul, knowing the status, goes into verse 5 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and he says this about that same event that we just read. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. 
Okay, so he goes in, and we'll go to the next. He goes in and he talks about the gospel. Now, we have the gospel, the, the salvation message. But it was not just in word only. It wasn't just what they said. It came in power and the Holy Spirit. And with much assurance, for you know who we were. So the gospel, I got that. What was the power? You may think healings, major things, you know, lame walk, blind see, not seeing that, not, not saying that me, you know, not saying that didn't happen. But the thing about it is the description of the event. We don't learn about any of those things. We don't, no, that was not the importance. The message was the importance. But Greg, you said that it doesn't come in word only. But I'm not talking about word I'm talking about within the message. You can say words, but the meaning behind those words is what we're talking about. We're talking about the empowerment of God by the Holy Spirit within the message that was given. The message of Jesus being the Christ, well, that's just words, but the power in the message of who that is is delivered by the character. They are identified by the character. We're going to go. And empowered by the Holy Spirit. And lived out in the life. For you know with what assurance we were before you. This is living the truth. This is walking the truth. This is being the truth. If your faith is in the truth, the truth is found in Jesus. So then the message of truth, the next one, comes from the fruit of the Spirit. And that comes from the character that is within. And that it brings about the power. And this is being developed by the Holy Spirit. That's where the empowerment comes from. Empowerment to live it out. Greg, how do I take my relationship with God and I take it and I go out? How can I be empowered to live? It is found in the fruit of the Spirit. It is found in the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the meekness, the mercy, the self-control. And it's not by what you do the empowerment comes by what the Holy Spirit is doing in you. You know, I was having a little conversation with one of my children today, and we were, we've been kind of struggling, and there was like some moments of honesty and stuff like that that we were talking about, and they were struggling with a, an aspect of just just an aspect of their of their life. I'm not going to go into details. That's between that's between um, my child and and me. But I am going to say that some of the things that I actually uh, told my child was that the little things that you do are the steps that you take that are going to build into greater steps later on. You do not just automatically become a runner. You don't automatically become a long-distance runner. You don't automatically become a sprinter. You can be a good sprinter, but you still are not going to beat a person who is trained. You can be a good runner, but you're not going to beat a person that is, that is conditioned 
for long distance and conditioned to actually take on those things. So I was, I was talking to my child and I said, all you need to do is focus on the little things that you do. Don't focus on the big things. Well, Greg, I need to, I need to find love. I need to find joy. I need to find, no, 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 to hold back. What you need to do is get into that one-on-one relationship with God. You need to allow him to be your priority and allow you to follow him. You don't go past him. You don't go faster than him. You don't try and beat him. You just follow after him. But Greg, there's so many things that I need to do in my life. And God will walk you through those, but not right now. The fruit that is being developed in you is where the power is coming from. You want to be empowered to live it out. You have to follow after the Holy Spirit and you have to allow the Holy Spirit to work that within you. You have to allow that simple thing. I really could be loving in this manner, then do so. I really could forgive even though I may not want to, then I would highly suggest that you do so. I highly suggest that you forgive. I can not say something right now that I know that if I say something that I really want to say and I really feel that it needs to be said, but maybe it might actually be hurtful at this point, maybe I should probably just, then I would highly suggest that you do exactly that. He's like, well, what does that matter? That is the little steps that it takes that trains you and disciplines you into the person that you need to be so that when you are ready, you stand and you stand firm then with the belt of truth around your waist. The breastplate of righteousness. Your feet prepared and shod with the preparation of gospel peace. Why? Because you've learned to discipline and you've learned to listen and you've learned that how God empowers you to be able to live it out. The message came with power, not because of science, but because of the character. Why? What what does Paul say? The assurance that you have, the confidence that you have that that this way, this path, this following after Christ does work because you know who we were in front of you. We lived it out. We just didn't talk about it. We just didn't sit in a pew about it. We just didn't, we weren't just amongst. We lived it out. We walked it out. You saw people come at us. We heard, if you need to go back to verse, into Acts and see how they were treated and how they were driven out and how they were falsely accused and how people were being using evil people in order to do things to them. And he's saying, you saw us 
and how we handled the situation. You saw the peace with which we walked. You saw the love with which we showed. You saw the hope that we had in Christ Jesus. We walked it out. The message came with power. So very important to be empowered by the Holy Spirit that Jesus talking to his disciples in Acts chapter 1 verses 4 through 5 and he said this and being assembled together with them he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father which he said you have heard from me for John truly baptized with water but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. It was so very important that even the disciples that walked with him for years, that was with him for years, wait. Wait for the promise that will be given. How more important is it that we realize that, that the power of the Holy Spirit within us I'm not talking about salvation. I'm not talking about that. You have the Spirit of God within you. If you acknowledge the fact that Jesus Christ is your Savior, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. I'm not talking about that. And I'm not talking about the Spirit of God that witnesses to your spirit that you are a child of God. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being empowered to witness. And that comes from the fruit of the Spirit that is within you. It is the power to be able to go out and share to share because here's something that we are all called well pastor that's only for you uh -uh. we are all called to be witnesses You're like whoa i don't remember that being in the brochure i know i read that brochure but it's there it's there turns out the best person to be a witness for jesus christ around the people that you are around is you Turns out the best person to be someone who stands and shines a light in the darkness is you. But be empowered to live out in our daily lives and the power to witness. Next week, we are going to be going in Part three, we're going to be continuing this on, witnesses. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for this day, and I want to thank you for this time. I pray, Father, that we may just learn to be, have that obedience in the little things. Set you as that priority in our lives. And I pray, Father, that we may be that witness, that we may be empowered to be able to go out and shine a light in dark areas. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. I hope that you enjoyed it. To follow along with this series, you can go to www.agjordanmt.com and following the links for current and past broadcasts. I hope that you have a wonderful day.